One Week Season. Gentlemen, welcome to week seven of The Edge with the infamous Mike Johnson. Uh, we got some uh, fun games this week after some craziness in week six. We'll probably recap that a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about five different games this week. Um, we have a very interesting game going on on Thursday night right now when Mike and I record. Uh, it actually has some points on a Thursday night game. Like, it's a miracle. Uh, so we're excited, though, this week to uh, talk about a few different games. And uh, Mike had some interesting takes in some of his write-ups. So I, uh, I can't wait to ask him about a few of them. Absolutely. How did, uh, how did last week's DFS go for you, Mike? Uh not great. <laughs> uh, not great. The week before was pretty good. This last week, um, I was pretty heavy on the Tampa Bay Pittsburgh game, and that just kind of yeah. failed in a lot of different ways. Um, and even the Pittsburgh stacks with Pickett getting hurt, that uh, didn't do me any favors. But, you know, that's uh, you go out on a limb sometimes, and, you know, it's not always going to work out, obviously. Yeah, I was excited to see where the way that Pittsburgh game started. I was excited to see where it was going to go. I, I ended up on a lot of that myself just because of ownership. And um, I don't hate the play. Uh, I don't love the result, but I don't hate the play. So, yeah. um, you know, speaking of disappointing performances, uh, we're going to start off with the Browns and the Ravens. Yeah. Um, you know, both were obviously pretty disappointing last week. Um, I'll tell you the big thing up front for me, and you brought it up right away, is um, – the Browns are going to be without all pro guard, you know, Wyatt Teller for this game. That's a huge blow to them, to their run game. Um, you know, we know what Brissett is and isn't while he's done, you know, he's done a good job. Um, you know, we know where he's at in his career. And what do you uh, think that does for the offense this week? Uh, I think the offense is in some trouble. I think the loss of Teller is a, is a big deal. He, he does so many things with the running game just in being effective blocking, but also they're able to pull him, get him out on the move. He gets to the second level and it kind of opens things up where they get those big chunk runs sometimes. So his loss is a big deal. Um, and then you look at the, both teams really have <laughs> blown a lot of games. I think the Ravens have blown all three of their losses. They led by double digits, uh, which yep. is like an NFL record. Uh, the Browns <laughs> yeah. The Browns are two and four. Uh, they lost three of those games, at least uh, with fourth quarter leads. So both of these teams have kind of squandered some opportunities and the division is really, really a tight race. You get two, three and three teams and two, two and four teams. So uh, this is a big game and Baltimore is a tough place to play. And uh, I'm concerned about the Browns offense here. We saw last Sunday night with uh, Cooper Rush a backup quarterback who had had some success and been yeah. able to kind of lean on his team's running game. And eventually the more film that those backups put out there, the more their tendencies are able to be seen by defensive coordinators, they can really be exposed. And I think that uh, this is a, a very difficult matchup for Jacoby Brissett with his running game kind of hamstrung, especially. 
Yeah, that was uh, for me, that stood out as a big blow. Speaking of running games, right. Um, on the Baltimore side, uh, you know, JK felt that tightness in his knee and the loss to the giants, right. Obviously Kenyon goes off, but then has the issue. Um, what do you think about using them at all this week? And are you, do you have any interest in, you know, maybe an inexpensively priced Justice Hill, who's going to be, you know, coming back. Yeah, he's ready to go. He looked, was looking good before he went down. Do you want any exposure in this? I probably not. I, it doesn't look like, Dobbins is going to play. He he didn't practice. He hasn't practiced either day this week. I would think that he will not play this week. And if he did, I think he'd be very limited. Drake had a nice game, as you said, but it sounds like Hill might be back. And the Ravens coaches, excuse me, um, today we're even saying they're excited for Gus Edwards. So Gus Edwards could be, um, he could be activated for this game against the Browns. So, I'm not really interested here. I just running back is not a place where I'm trying to go too crazy off the board. And it's certainly not a place where I'm trying to chase spots and guess which one of three or four running backs could be, could be the guy because all four of the guys we've talked about, it wouldn't surprise if any of them led the team in carries or if any of them had two carries. So yeah, it's not, not a spot for me. Yeah, it's uh, from a season-long perspective. I I definitely have a bunch of Gus stashed uh, and I've sat on him, so I would like to see him come back. But again, right, he's coming back from surgery. Like I don't I don't expect much, but right, if he can get me in, you know, towards the playoff run with some of those teams I have him on, uh, I think that'd be interesting. Uh, any interest in a standalone? Uh, even though he's pay up, Andrews, right? He he continues to go every single week, you know, and separate himself in the tight end area. Yeah. I really liked Andrews. I'm a little concerned right now because it looks like he's uh, set out both practices this week as well with a knee yeah. issue. So hopefully there's being conservative with him, with him being their best offensive player outside of Lamar. So uh, Rashad Bateman's coming back this week, which it should be uh, a nice little addition for their passing game. I'm really high on the Ravens' offense. It's a matter of uh, how to play it. And I, I am worried about Andrews at his high price point. Prior to the injury, when I was writing this game up before the practice report came out on Wednesday, he was a he, a guy that I thought was just almost a lock to be uh, have another game like last week where it's you know he's looking at a, an easy 100 yards and a touchdown or two, but... Um, There's certainly some concern here. And the other concern I have is uh, from a ceiling perspective, if even if he does play and he's having a nice game, if the Ravens start boat racing, the Browns are the, are they going to try to preserve him? Right. You know, the, I think they'll stay aggressive in this game, but you've got uh, Isaiah likely the, the rookie tight end who's looked really, really good in his action. So if they get a two touchdown lead, that's a, that's a spot where if I'm a coach, I'm thinking about uh, resting Andrews in his knee. Now he can be a part of the points that get him the lead certainly, but it, it just introduces more risks than the play would have had on Tuesday. For sure. Uh, I could definitely see that. So I don't think I'll have much of this game, uh, even though 
uh, Knicks, maybe some money this year. Uh, I, I don't think I'm at much exposure there. So let's go to what everybody probably considers the game they don't want to watch Sunday afternoon. Huh. <laughs> uh, we got the Jets at the Broncos. Um, and I'm going to start off with what I believe is the quote of the week in the edge write-up so far. Uh, the other writers has have some things to do, and you guys can see it there on the screen. Treat this game like the Medusa. Do not look directly at it, or you may turn to stone. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's uh, some of your some of your takes on this were great. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, always a little bit of humor to lighten it up because, man, both these quarterbacks have been bad. And um, what I do want to talk about first is, um, you know, Hackett. And uh, I want you to break down what your explanation was. I thought it was a, a great way to say it. Right. <laughs> um, and I thought it was a great way to break it down to explain how really and inept he's actually been yeah so my comparison was his attempt at running an nfl team was fairly similar to what it would look like if i tried to direct a broadway play i have a decent idea of kind of how things should look and and the general order of things but logistically and there'd be so many little things that i'd have absolutely no clue about and it'd just end up with me making everyone look silly including you know, the Broadway actors who are the best in the world at what they do. Uh, and I, that was just the, the best analogy I could think of uh, for what we've seen from the Broncos this far, because it's a really talented team on both sides of the ball. And it's easy to make fun of Russ, Russell Wilson. And he really hasn't, he, he's missed a lot of plays himself this yeah. season. But when you look at a guy who's had the success he's had throughout his career and now he's still in a pretty effective um, offensive situation with a lot of talent and to be this bad it it has to fall on Hackett you know and um, he's just it hasn't been good it hasn't been pretty it hasn't there hasn't been any semblance of rhythm or continuity and even things like the backfield situation on Monday night yeah. where yeah, that was just a hot mess, you know, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. He, he was taking carries away from Javante Williams when Javante was dominating and now right. he's getting benched for Latavius, but then being the next day Hackett saying Melvin's still the starter. Well, like, so you had no clue then that he wasn't even in the game. You, you know, you're either in- incompetent or you're full of it. So both aren't okay at this level. Yeah, right, right. Uh, neither neither is okay when you're, you know, making as much as, as he's making. Yeah, it's um I, I when he came back out, right? I mean, I had some concern with Gordon because of, you know, they had the rib issue and right, they announced there. Um Boone, who, you know, we know who he is, hasn't looked like an all world beater. I just think the fact they went and ran a thirty two year old Latavius Murray out there just to, I felt like they did it just to do it. Like they didn't feel like there was any rhyme. There was any reason. It felt like the exact opposite of a Belichick team. That's generally in the past, very well educated and disciplined. And you can see they have a plan. These, this feels the exact opposite of it to me. Yeah. It was almost like they, he just was like, well, we're not moving the ball. Well, let's throw this guy out there. This new guy, like maybe this is the, and that's where you start to think about, like, is he trying to deflect? Is he hoping that, okay, I'll put 
Latavius out there and we put this new guy that I just picked up in against a bad run defense. Maybe he breaks a bunch of plays. We win the game and I look like a genius and everybody stops making fun of me. Like, is he, you know, that's kind of what it feels like is he's just throwing stuff at the wall and trying to make it stick, which for our perspective, that unpredictability and that suboptimal decision-making is the last thing that we want. Yeah, that's, uh, it's been a, just a nightmare. And then uh, Twitter was fun this week with Russ's new Subway commercial, right? So that's just, right, like, that's just fuel on the fire, right? Like, the, if, if you're Subway, how do you release that? I get you recorded it. I get you paid him for it. But how do you release that commercial at this time? Like, wait a week or two. Wait, wait until he has a monster game, right? He throws for 330 and two touchdowns or something, right? Or just, um, or just an okay game, <laughs> right. a monster game. Just, just don't look terrible. <laughs> so, uh, on the opposite side of it, um, the one thing you know you really talk about and broke down that I was, um, I think everybody's been excited to see on the Jets side, right? Is uh, Brees Hall taking over that backfield, right? Um, he has stepped up. Um, you know, you can see the Shanahan influence on the floor, right? Um, with Zach Wilson being obviously bad to the point that, you know, you have Elijah Moore out here this week asking for a trade, right? Yeah. Um, is there is there any chance you you bring back Hall uh, as a one off at a at this running back position? I don't see myself doing it this week with against Denver. Um, but I think he's going to come in really low owned when we start looking at it because of this. Yeah, it's an interesting spot. It's just, it's really hard to see a ceiling there. You know, he had, he had that really nice run last week and it's to the point where the Broncos pass defense is so good and the Jets are clearly, are clearly just not trusting Zach Wilson wanting to rely on their running game. So it's kind of going to become a game of chicken and the Broncos, you've got patch Sertan out on the perimeter. You've got this great pass rush and, and secondary. So I just think they're going to sell out to stop the run. Now the flip side of that is when you bring eight guys in the box and you have all those guys, if hall is able to shake loose and get to the second right. level, he could be gone. So it does, it does present some opportunity. Um, you know, and there's there's definitely potential there, but you're also it wouldn't be shocking if he has 21 touches for 65 total yards. You know, so it, there's there's a wide range there. But I guess when you're in uh, large field tournaments, that those are the types of things you've got to consider. Personally, um, I it's not a spot I go to. I just try to avoid these super low total games. Just their landmines more often than they're going to pay off for you. Yeah, that's um, it's there. I'm interested to see where he comes ownership. I can also see it going the other way on ownership. I could see him like working it up because he has been so good uh, and he's still priced fairly in comparison to like the top elite backs, right? I could see them going for that reason, right? Hey, he just needs to break one against them. He's going to get all the work. They can't throw against the Broncos D. Uh, so I think there might be some interesting leverage off of that. Yeah, um, I think I I agree. I think he could really get steamed up 
Um, and he could be one of those guys that we've seen a couple times this year already where ownership projections maybe have him one place. And then when the cards flip over, he's got a lot more um, ownership than you're expecting, especially if for anyone in like higher dollar single entry type stuff with him being a late game, I could see people like late swapping off of like Eckler, Kenneth Walker, those types of guys and going to hall thinking they're getting them at lower ownership, which would actually work to drive them up. Yeah. I, that's, that was my thought press behind that for sure. Uh, so speaking of other high scoring games, uh, another 19 team total here with the Texans and the Raiders this week. Um, the most underperforming one win team so far, uh, I would say with the Raiders, right? Yeah. Um, right. Like it's, uh, it, for me, it's like watching a teenager that's grown real fast and has this big, long, tall body, but doesn't know how to use it yet. Right. And he's kind of awkward and lanky. And I, and I can relate to that a little bit because I'm so tall and I was kind of that way. Right. Is you don't have all your coordination yet. You're kind of trying to figure this like cool toy that you have out because uh, you've got all these weapons, but you're just not sure how to use them yet. Um, so I'll tell you what, uh, season long wise, Josh Jacobs is right now looking like one of the steals of the year uh, because everybody, right. When they didn't extend them, everybody thought, okay, new regime, they brought white in, you know, there we go. And then meanwhile, you know, they're riding Jacob, uh, you know, into the ground and Devontae has been a yo-yo, right. Uh, been hero or zero so far. Uh, yeah. do, do you see yourself wanting to take advantage of them playing the Texans this week? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, you know, the Texans run D has not been very good. They were responsible for uh, the chargers for Austin Eckler breaking out of his funk to start the year. And yeah, I think that Jacobson is in a great spot. And to your point, uh, and actually he, Jacobs, when I was doing our best ball articles back in like June, he was one of my guys. There's three guys that I said were like potential had to have it type guys based on where they were going to be. They were being drafted just because of how things could play out and and their potential. And my three guys that I listed, one was uh, just motion sensor. Uh, Three guys I listed were Josh Jacobs, Amon Ross St. Brown and Cam Akers. So I was two out of three. Uh, um, but yeah, you know, you think of it from a philosophical standpoint and people always think, Oh, they signed this guy to a big contract. Like they got to ride him, like get their money's worth out of him. But really, if you're ever going to ride a running back and give him 25, 30 touches a game, you do it with the guy who is clearly the most talented guy in the, in the running back room and who you've only got for this year. Like you don't care if you run him into the ground and, where where all the tread off his tires, you know, so it's good for both parties because Jacobs is going to have a good season and put up stats and he'll probably get a decent contract from somebody and the Raiders can benefit from him for one year and then move on, which sounds like based on their off season uh, moves, it, it sounds like that's the direction they want to head. Yeah. It's, um, I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, looks like Waller's not going to play again this week. 
right as of right now you know they're uh looking there so yeah uh, and I'm uh interested. Renfro popped up on the injury report. He didn't practice today with a hip injury. So with uh, Waller and Renfro potentially out, you know, that makes Foster Moreau a really interesting uh, cheap tight end option. And I really think so. Josh McDaniels comes from the Patriots coaching tree, right? So Bill Belichick historically coming off buys or first games of the year or playoffs coming off a buy. Anytime he has those long breaks, even after like a Thursday night game when they have 10 days, his record is always so good because he's so good at self-scouting, at preparation, at all that, those sorts of things. And if you're the Raiders right now, you have to look at your team and you're one in four and have one of the three best receivers in the league. And he's only caught more than five passes twice in five games. That has to be something that glaringly stands out. So I think that this is a a spot where um, you could see Adams heavily involved. I I think he could have a game like he had week one against the Chargers um, where he's getting peppered with targets, especially underneath the Texans. Levy Smith comes from that Tampa two background, that shell sort of defense um, that kind of limits big plays, but I, I think this could be a game where you see Adams have like 12 to 14 targets and him and him and Jacobs are just such clear focal points of the offense. So do you see yourself like wanting, you know, to bring it back with anybody and let's talk about that. Right. So you have lovey who says, and Pierce who has looked great. Right. Uh, you know, saying, Hey, we're going to, we want to pound the ball, but, the Raiders run defense has been okay, right? It's not been mm-hmm. amazing, but it's, it's been playable. Unlike their past defense, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, just letting people through like a turnstile. Um, do you, do you see this as a stack alone type environment with mm-hmm. Devonte and Jacobs, or can you see yourself bringing a cooks or maybe a cheap Nico back or something like that uh, to, to stack this game up a little bit? Yeah, potentially. I think Pierce is interesting from the standpoint of like a a Pierce as the bring back to if you were to play like Carr, Adams, Moreau. And Carr is relatively cheap. Uh, His team has one of the higher team totals on the slate. And you can, you know, especially if if, uh, Waller and Renfro both miss, you could safely project the Adams Moreau pairing to get a healthy amount of the passing work. So you think, you know, if three of the Raiders touchdowns come through the air, you know, Adams could easily have like a 10, 140 in one game and Moreau could have 550 in one. All of a sudden you're cooking and you think about, well, what's the scenario? What's a scenario where that that could could really uh blast off and and to me, it's if Pierce is able to break through because I think the Raiders' run D ha- has been solid this year, but I don't think that they're like a a necessarily dominant unit. And this is where, you know, they've been they're fifth in in the league in yards per carry allowed, but that can be kind of a a stat right. that skews. And um, they're fifteenth in defensive DVOA uh, against the run and. You know, that's good, but generally speaking, the only the spots where I really look at that that at those types of rankings is like the top five and the bottom five or ten. Everybody in the middle, 
you know, week to week that that can sway so much. So I don't think it's a, a terrible matchup for Pierce. And I think that if I was to play him, I'm playing him with that Carr Adams Moreau grouping. And the story is that, you know, the Texans have some success. Pierce has a, a big game. He scores a touchdown. He's averaging like 24 running back opportunities the last three games. So that's the story is Pierce is having a big game forces the Raiders to throw the ball. And it's a, it could be a real, a pretty concentrated target distribution. I can definitely see that coming. So speaking of target distribution, we're going to move to one of the, one of the fun games on the over under total this week with the Hawks and the chargers. Um, I do like that this game is a home game for the chargers versus a home game for Seattle. Um, right. Like one of the things you talked about is, you know, the chargers have had the fourth highest pass rate over expectation. Uh, Keenan's back this week, um, which helps and hurts from my standpoint of, uh, I think it's going to be a little dart throwish to try to figure out who's going to get the targets this week. Right. So how are you going to, how are you going to approach that this week with Alan coming back and everybody being there? So this is where, you know, put my coach hat on and how I would look at it. And so the Chargers have a bye next week and Allen's set out a while. He's been limited in practice on Wednesday and Thursday this week. They kind of, they made it sound like he was going to be fully full, a full practice, but he's only been limited. So that's a little interesting. So, you know, this gets my wheels turning. Looks like Josh Palmer is going to be out with a concussion. Uh, Donald Parham also got concussed on Monday night. So, um, you know, I just, the way I'm looking at it and kind of what I expect to happen is I think Allen will be active. Um, I think the, the, it sounds like they're considering just sitting him another week to get through the bye. But then if these other guys are out, they might need him. So I think that he's probably going to be active, but I could see him being active with a limited role, not being the 90% snap guy that we're used to seeing. And from a coaching standpoint, he's the type of guy that he's a slot receiver, reliable target. So it just would make sense. You play him on third downs, passing downs, two minute situation, that sort of stuff. So he doesn't have to take the wear and tear and be out there run blocking and that sort of thing. But He's the safety blanket that helps Herbert, helps the offense sustain a little more. So that's kind of how I see that situation playing out. Um, and I think that given that, I think that his presence, hopefully him being active, would scare some people off of the other guys um, and kind of drive their ownerships down with them expecting the usual Keenan Allen that gets 10 or 12 targets. Um, right. So that's kind of what, what I'm, how I expect that situation to play out. We'll see, but that's from a coaching perspective, that's how I would try to be trying to use a player like him. Makes sense. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting um, is you brought this up and it's something I've watched with Seattle, right? And you said, you said this, you said there's a bit of narrative about Seattle scheme limiting perimeter receivers this year, but their lack of talent communication issues this season make them far less imposing regardless of scheme 
And we should also take into account the schedule they have faced so far, right? And then one of the things you get when you're an OWS member uh, at, with Inner Circle is you're going to get that breakdown. And Mike goes through and he breaks down like, hey, this is why we say this, right? Not just, hey, they haven't done well, right? Or, hey, you know, like this kind of looks like something we might want to attack. Um, but one of the things you really get with OWS is you get actual detailed game breakdown. Uh, and, you know, you heard Mike talk about his coaching app, you know, before Mike did this for a living, Mike was a coach. Mike still coaches. Not that he was, but <laughs> right. Uh, Mike, you know, Mike's done a lot of coaching and uh, he has an interesting view, you know, towards it that way. Um, so let's talk about, though, right, the, the Chargers run D, right, which has not been what we expected. And Kenneth Walker just turning into everybody, Kenneth Walker, everybody hoped Kenneth Walker could be when they were drafting him in the eighth, ninth, tenth round this year. Um, do you see him bringing the bring back this week, or you know, do you try to do it with the receiver? Are you going to mix and match? What are what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I think Walker he had twenty three of the twenty five running back touches uh, last week, and he did really well. He looked great. Uh, so I wouldn't expect that to change. And you look at it from the Seahawks perspective, the chargers have a really good run or pass defense. They have a, a good pass rush and Seattle's got to know how good uh, Los Angeles's uh, offense is and, and how explosive they can be. So you got to want to, you're going to want to try to control the game. You're going to want to, uh, keep things in front of you, keep the game from, from getting to the point where you're predictable and the chargers pass pass rush can just tee off. So yeah, I think Walker is, he's going to see a heavy workload. Uh, I'm guessing he will be uh, fairly highly, highly owned and uh, for good reason. Um, you know, we don't get that many running backs these days that you can comfortably project for 20 plus touches uh, even at the high end. So when you've got one who's kind of in the mid range price wise, it's, it's something you can't ignore for sure. Yeah. I'm i uh, I'm going to be interested to see, like, I think he's just going to be one of those good chalk guys. We're going to have to eat the chalk this week. And um, you know, that that's one of the things, you know, you, you see us talking about here at one week is you have, you know, the saying from jam, you know, have a boat, we'll teach you the fish. Well, right. We don't want you to just say, Hey, this is what you play. And like, this is right. Just here you go. Here the place. Figure it out. It's actually given the breakdown. So one of the things through the edge breakdowns here as we go through, right? Like this will all get broke down, but then you're going to get uh, um, a DFS interpretation of it, right? And um, that'll come a little bit later in the week. And that DFS interpretation is is really helping you to open up and and ask those questions. Okay, this is why we're coming at this game from this angle. Um, and I can say that it definitely helps make you a, a better player for sure when, you, when you're looking at it from that angle. So moving on, we're going to finish up here with the Chiefs and the 49ers. Um, this, this game is interesting to me in a lot of ways, right? Um, one, are the Niners, right? Sounds like Bose is going to be back this week, right? Um, we know the Niners were banged up last week. It showed on defense, right? I mean, Atlanta going for 28. You, you could just see it, right? Missing all those starters. They were there, right? The Chiefs offense is the Chiefs offense, right? Um, 
the question always is for me is how do we how do we decide, right? Juju was the guy last week. How do we decide week to week besides Kelsey? Who's the guy, right? Like what's your process as you're, as you're going through one of the highest total teams on the slate? Yeah, so it really is difficult because they've spread things out across their receiving core this year. Juju has not looked great, but right. Marquez Valdez-Scantling's a guy that I'm, I'm pretty high on. Um, I played a decent amount of him last week, and he had one touchdown called back by penalty. He had one yeah. hit off his hands, so that was a little frustrating, but that's what happens when you play MV- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Sometimes he makes you a lot of money, and sometimes he costs you a lot. Uh, but, yeah, it's a uh, – you know – You've my kind of my approach to situations like this is usually I'll pick a guy and just kind of stick with him. And so I'm, you know, my thought process is it's going, we know it's going to kind of fluctuate. So instead of trying to play, instead of playing whack-a-mole and trying to chase or try to figure out what one week to the next, I don't know for I didn't know for sure if which receiver would have a great week. Uh, I went with Marquez Valdez Scantling. Maybe it won't be this week. He does either, but I can say pretty confidently in the next two to three weeks he's going to have a, a a big game. Um, you know, and he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. He hasn't connected on a really long play, and he's playing with Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I feel pretty comfortable that at some point, you know, barring injury, of course, uh, that he's he's going to. You can you can't be on the field as much as he has been and get as many targets as he has had with his skill set and not have uh, some monster games. Yeah, especially with you know they're still the second highest pass rate over expectation. They're running the eighth fastest neutral pace of play, as you talk about in your article, right? Like that's the offense is there, right? And we know Kelsey's going to get it. Um, so this is this is my question for you this week is. Is this the double tight end week, right? Is this the week we bring Kittle back, right? Because I think Kittle's in the same boat, right? One of these games, Kittle's going to have, right? Kittle's going to have a Kittle game, right? Um, And you're going to want to be on him because he's going to break the slate when he does. Um, And my concern is always, right, is does Shanahan go the opposite way, right? Hey, we know KC wants to, right, just move the ball we're going to run this into the ground on them, right? We're going to control it. We're going to run the ball over and over. Um, how do you see that playing out from the San Francisco side? Yeah, so Kittle's a guy, yeah, who I always like. I My approach to him, though, and kind of the thesis behind him is if he has that monster game, you you can get the Kelsey or Andrews game for a huge discount. Um, so – it's probably not a needle that I'm trying to thread uh, with playing okay. him and another tight end, uh, but he's definitely an interesting in an inter- interesting spot. And similar to last week, we saw the passing volume for the 49ers go up when they fell behind. Well, they're playing the Chiefs; they certainly could fall behind this week. Uh, I also think Debo Samuel's very interesting, uh, especially on FanDuel or Yahoo, uh, because. I think that this is a spot where in the off season, a lot was made about his contract situation. Supposedly he didn't like having to play running back and was worried about the, the 
toll it was going to take on his body. And they've done a pretty good job kind of following his wishes and limiting his touches. But this is such a high leverage game. This is such a big, high profile game against, you know, the Chiefs. Everybody knows about the Chiefs, talks about the Chiefs, uh, one of the better teams in the league. So um, if there was going to be a spot, and then you look at Jeff Wilson struggled last week. Tevin Coleman is is well past his prime. So if I'm the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, again, putting the coaching hat on, this is a spot where I'm talking to Debo and saying, hey, we're going to try to get you involved more in these other ways and try to make sure we get the ball in your hands. And uh, you know, that's where I think it could be the week where he sees seven to 10 carries in addition to five to eight targets. And on that usage, he's pretty pricey on DraftKings. And at that price, he's for his low likelihood of hitting the bonuses. Uh, that's not great, but we, he's an elite touchdown scorer. He's, he's tough to bring down. Um, he, he's great with the ball in his hands. So I could really see him uh, causing some issues for the chiefs. Yeah. It's um, you know, the chiefs past, he has not been good this year. Right. Um, and like I said, if they get behind, you can definitely, you can see a path, right. You can like, we can tell the story of, Hey, all right, well, they got to start running cause they're behind. Uh, Cause the defense still isn't going to be a hundred percent this week. Um, right. And, and it's Kansas city and, and Patrick. And if, if you get this right, you can do a little mini stack out of this game. And um, you know, I think there's going to be some nice, some nice leverage in the field with this um, as far as that goes. Um, so I know you wrote these games up. Are there any other games on the slate you're super excited about this week? Uh, yeah, Lions and Cowboys are is yeah. very interesting. Um, I think the with Swift and St. Brown back for the Lions, uh, with Dak coming back for the Cowboys, with with Dak back, really, you look at Dalton Schultz, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, they're all underpriced and they're playing a a really weak defense in the Lions. Who, granted, they're coming off a bye, but um, and sometimes you know maybe Dak's a little rusty, but. I think this offense as a whole um, is in a really, really good spot. And it'll be interesting to see what, uh, you know, how the field plays it and just to see the game itself play out because, um, you know, sometimes, and we've seen multiple times this year where Detroit games have kind of carried the slate, right? And with the lower scoring across the NFL this year, it certainly has the potential to do so again this week. So yeah, it, it'll be really interesting. Um, I'm certainly watching the practice reports with like Deandre Swift. I think his status uh, will have a big impact on the game. Um, but yeah, it'll be that, that that's a fun one. Uh, and I'm also really interested for the, uh, the buck passing game, which, you know, I, I might go back to that. Well, just against the Panthers. Um, you know, they, they really flopped last week, but, um, you know, it's a situation where like, kind of like I was talking about before with those other situations where you just know that there's going to be a week here in the next few weeks where a, a Tom Brady double stack is, is taking people to the top of the leaderboard. So. Yeah, it was nice to see Goblin really involved last week. Um, right. Even though we didn't get like all the results we wanted. Um, I'll tell you the other one I'm interested in with 
is the Whalers and Dolphins with Tua back, right? Um, oh, yeah. they, the Sunday night game. Yeah, that's uh, well, that's not on the main slate. That I think that's going to be a fun showdown game. Uh, hopefully, Pickett's and Tua are good to go, and I I think that could be uh, just a fun game uh, to try to figure out how to play. So I'll uh, I'll be excited to see how X writes that up and uh, go from there. So, all right, everybody. Well, if you want the breakdowns, um, OWS, it's free to get uh, into the Discord. Uh, you can grab a one peak pass for nineteen dollars, and you can come in and you can actually see the breakdowns. You can see all the coaching that's taking place there. Um, and one of the things I want to talk about is we uh, we have started our uh, NBA props. Uh, we went 14 and seven yesterday. Um, we've had two really good days to start the season. I haven't got a chance to look yet. Uh, tonight was a much lighter slate. There was only two games. We had way less props going tonight, but um, we we have a really good props team in place for both the NFL and the NBA. And uh, there's definitely a spot, you know, to take advantage there. And uh, so stay tuned, and we will uh, be looking forward to bringing you Mike again next week. Awesome. Thanks, man. See you then.